The Cardinals keep losing, and you can't just blame the pitching at this point. Coming up on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Sunday, August 27th, 2023. Wow, the Cardinals just keep losing. Every day. Every day, it's a new loss for the Cardinals as they are swept over the weekend in Philadelphia. And I know that we expected a lot of things to go against the Cardinals heading out of that trade deadline in which St. Louis traded away the good 40% of its starting rotation with Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty heading on to greener pastures. But was it supposed to be this bad? And if they were going to fail and lose a lot of games in August and September, shouldn't that have been as a result of the terrible pitching because the offense largely stayed the same. The Cardinals did not trade away any hitters at the deadline. So why is it then that over the last 11 games, the Cardinals have scored just 25 total runs, which is barely more than two runs per game. It's the offense right now causing the Cardinals to slump as hard as they're slumping to fall to a season worst 19 games below 500 Two games clear of the Pirates and dead last in the NL Central. It's been brutal, and it really does feel in many ways like the Cardinals are completely mailing it in at this point. That's the impression that I'm getting from Cardinals fans with regard to the way that they feel about it. The team might have a different interpretation of that, and I'm sure that they will based on previous conversations with Ollie Marmel this season. Certainly, I don't think that the Cardinals would agree with the fact that they're mailing it in. But at this point, offensively, to me, it almost has to be one of two things that are happening at this point. And I'll explain what those two things are in just a moment. But real quick, I want to remind you guys to hit that subscribe button on this channel if you enjoy daily St. Louis Cardinals content. I know it's a rough time right now, but getting into the offseason and being able to talk about the way the front office of the Cardinals is going to try to rebuild this thing is something that I'll be looking forward to after September and into October with the MLB playoffs that the Cardinals will obviously not be a part of. But if you're in it for the long run, like I am, hit subscribe, join a bunch of Cardinals fans that are here on this channel, and we'll continue to talk Cardinals baseball for years to come. And ideally, some of those years will be better than this one has been. But largely, the Cardinals struggles toward the beginning of the season and really into the middle portion before the trade deadline came and went. We're related to the pitching. The starting pitching wasn't enough. The bullpen has certainly not been enough. And John Mozeliak and his staff know that they have to do something about it in the offseason. But I feel like that conversation that we repetitively have about this Cardinals team sort of does let the offense off the hook for the way things are going more recently. Because we always talk about, oh, we knew this team had no chance because of the pitching, which was kind of true. But by the same token... If they're talking about, hey, we'll fix the pitching in the offseason and then everything will be better, that would imply that the offense is consistently that steady drumbeat that's at least keeping the Cardinals competitive in some of these games during a season where down the stretch we definitely get it. We expect the Cardinals to lose more games than they win starting August 1st until the end of the way because when you trade 40% of your starting rotation, the odds of things suddenly getting better, they're just not too strong. But like the numbers and the data don't necessarily back up that this Cardinals offense on a season-long basis is the robust group that it was supposed to be. Right now, I'm looking at MLB.com. I'm sorting 
all 30 MLB teams by runs scored this season. And quite simply, the Cardinals are mid. They're middle of the pack, having scored 589 runs this season. It's tied for 14th in MLB with the Twins and the Padres, so a three-way tie. It does not get more mid than a three-way tie for 14th. You're simultaneously 14th place, 15th place, and 16th place in runs scored this season in Major League Baseball. The Cardinals are an average offense over the course of this entire season. They are 7th in OPS, so that implies above average and that there may be lesser than the sum of their parts in terms of the runs that they've been able to produce. It's encouraging to see a 756 OPS. The only teams with a better OPS in Major League Baseball this season are the Phillies, Red Sox, Rays, Rangers, Dodgers, and Braves. I think of that group of six, at least five of those teams are probably postseason bound. So through that lens, you could look at it and go, yep, the Cardinals pitching is the reason that it's not going to get there. But again, run scored, they are right smack dab in the middle of the table. And it's not because of some abnormal amount of games played. Everybody in Major League Baseball has played between, it looks like, 129 games and 132. The Cardinals have played 131. The Braves, one of the few teams that have played 129, lead the majors in runs scored this season. So there's no trickery being done with the numbers. The Cardinals are just mid in terms of producing runs. Why is that? Top to bottom, you look at the lineup, you think it should be more robust than what it's been. Again, OPS, to to rank 7th in OPS, but to rank tied for 14th with two other teams in runs scored tells me that they're not quite producing runs on the level that their offensive productivity should dictate. Have they been unclutch this year? Well, yeah, we know that has basically been the case. There's not really anything anything to doubt when it comes to that supposition. I guess I could sort this by runners in scoring position, how the Cardinals have fared this season, and maybe come up with a a different answer. And it looks like, uh, no, I won't. This is what's so strange. The Cardinals are 11th in MLB in OPS with runners in scoring position, which is still top half. It's just been like the timeliness. I I mean, we'd really have to dig into the numbers to figure out exactly why this has happened for the Cardinals. They're 20th in batting average with runners in scoring position, which feels more correct. They're hitting 249 with risk this season, 20th, so maybe that's the winner. They'll still hit a couple of home runs every now and again because the slugging percentage is sort of what's buoying the 11th place OPS that they have with the runners in scoring position. They're ninth in OPS, or pardon me, ninth in slugging percentage at 438 in the major leagues in terms of risp slugging percentage. So maybe that makes a little bit more sense. They've been relatively unclutch, right? We know that they have not done a great job of coming through in the big situations that they've had this season. I could even probably take it a step further. We know that the numbers with the bases loaded have just been abysmal. Let's go ahead and take a look at the OPS for that, just for posterity's sake there. 28th in MLB with bases loaded OPS. And the batting average situation is even worse. Dead last in Major League Baseball with a 179 batting average with the bases loaded. So you need to look really no further than some of those clutch scenarios where the Cardinals have just not been able to come through to figure out, okay, why is the offense not sort of the top five, top ten unit that we long thought it could be? I say we, maybe you're thinking I've got a mouse in my pocket. I thought the Cardinals certainly were a top five, top ten at a minimum offense, and at this point they may not finish in the top ten and run scored in Major League Baseball. I know they've got a lot of injuries that they're going through. Lars Newbar has been missed. Brendan Donovan has certainly been missed. 
So when people talk about, oh, they can trade these guys or those guys and, and get pitching, think about the lineup that they have right now and who's not in it. Lars Newbar, Brendan Donovan are two key cogs at the top of this Cardinal lineup that they have not had recently due to injury. Nolan Gorman has been out with uh, some some back tightness. He recently returned to the active roster, but that's a guy that they've been missing for the better part of a couple of weeks as well. Uh, and so, like, you're dealing with some of the prominent players in the lineup that have not been available on a regular basis, and that's part of it, I think, when you look at just 25 runs scored over the past 11 games. But I said it's one of two things, causing the Cardinals' lack of productivity offensively right now. It's either that this team is mailing it in offensively because the season's almost over and they know where they are and they know it's not going to lead anywhere productive in 2023, so they've taken their foot off the gas a little bit. That's option A. Option B, because to me it's got to be one of two things, they're flat out not executing at a very high level despite giving it everything that they've got. But if that's the case, I think it's more than fair to be critical of just the abysmal performance offensively that we're seeing from this Cardinals team recently. 25 runs in 11 games. And in a couple of those games, they've scored six or seven, which means the other eight or nine have been, oof. I mean, it's been really rough to watch. And I know there's a lot of apathy right now going through the Cardinals fan base. Hell, I'm apathetic. Earlier this weekend, didn't do a video because I thought, what am I going to talk about? It's the same old story with this Cardinals team right now, but I couldn't leave you guys for too long, so we're back here with B-Shape Daily. Hit subscribe, etc. But it's just one of those things where it's like, it can't be both that, oh, they're trying and they're being really competitive and they're working their butts off, but also we're just hitting into some bad luck. It is what it is. Like, all right, I hate to do the thing where you criticize effort because... As Ollie Marmel has discussed passionately at times this season, the competitiveness of an MLB player is something that us outsiders cannot necessarily understand because we don't get to witness it every day, what the guys go through to put themselves in the position necessary in order to succeed and become a Major League Baseball player in the first place. And I respect that so much because I don't question it. I don't doubt that it's true. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But fans do get a glimpse at the three-hour window on a daily basis of what these players are doing. And a lot of times you're going to be judged by your performance in those games. And at this point, the Cardinals are just not performing to the level that you would hope to see offensively. Again, I'm not even necessarily judging the wins and losses in this video because we know that the pitching is going to be a problem. We knew that it would. You trade away Jordan Montgomery, who's been nails with the Rangers, and you trade away Jack Flaherty, who's been kind of up and down with the, the Orioles, but was one of the Cardinals' more reliable starters, you just know that you're going to be kind of up the creek without the paddle. Adam Wainwright has struggled in the rotation as one of the guys who remains. Miles Michaelis has struggled recently, and Steven Matz is injured. One of the guys who was taking his place in the rotation, Matthew Libertor, is also now injured. So you're just getting by with Zach Thompson, Dakota Hudson, and Drew Rahm, who pitched pretty well today, actually. 
save for the leadoff home run against Kyle Schwarber. So the pitching is not really, like, again, the, the bullpen gives it up. I know that happened in the game Dakota Hudson started. Dak didn't pitch great, but the bullpen was even worse, and so it ends up being another lopsided score. But it's like you just know that the offense right now is going to be pretty feeble. That's the way it feels, and I feel like that's how Cardinals fans feel about it. right? I just give you my impressions of watching the team, but I feel like you guys are in the same boat, feeling like this Cardinals team is not likely to produce runs on a given day. Let me know in the comment section below if I'm off base on this, if I'm out of pocket here. But I think that's kind of the way Cardinals fans are looking at it. They kind of sigh and go, ah, yep, that's where the season is right now. And like you're allowed to feel that way about the pitching and you're supposed to feel that way about the pitching. Because again, as I've talked about before, to stay on that emotional level of every single day, it wrecks your world on like a really high angst level that the Cardinals stink and they lose 11-2, to two and you just act like you're flabbergasted for the 11th time, like, that's just not sustainable from a mental health perspective. Like, you can't keep putting yourself through that as a fan. It's just not realistic. So people have largely accepted that the Cardinals aren't making the playoffs this year. It's a down year. It's going to be their first losing season since, whatever, 2007, when Bill DeWitt Jr. said, oh, we have to do something about this. Let's fire Walt Jockety and bring in John Mozeliak. Have him take over the operations. This time around, we have all the explanations and the reasons that it's gone this way. The front office and John Mozeliak as the face of it has largely owned up to the fact that they just, they sold it short on what they thought they had with pitching. They didn't think it would be this way. They didn't have the depth that they thought they did. And it was a mistake. And it's one that they're going to rectify this offseason. That's what they're telling us. But the offense, man, this is supposed to still be a robust unit. And it hasn't played out that way. And like I've said, Ollie Marmel is the type of manager who's going to back his guys, and I totally understand that. But when he says it, it often feels like more than just the cursory, oh, they're they're really grinding out there. That was kind of the Mike Matheneyism, right? Oh, they're really grinders. They're grinding. When at times it would be like, man, the results sure don't necessarily show that. And I think it's important to be able to separate results from process because sometimes as fans, you look at the result and say, well, they're losing again. They must not be trying. And that's where I would agree with Ollie. Like, I, I don't think that's exactly the way it should be viewed because it, just making that leap without knowing the day-to-day -day and the, the inner workings of what goes on is probably not fair to do from afar. I understand why it happens because as, as spectators, as fans, as onlookers, Whatever your role, we just want to look at, identify, analyze what we're seeing and try to make some sense of it. So that's where I come back to. It's like, all right, if it's not an effort thing, which consistently we've seen Ollie Marmel say it's not, and and kind of take some, some offense to the idea that people would say there's effort that's not being given. And I understand that. That's exactly his role to say. And I don't necessarily even disagree with him because I can understand the perspective that it's a it's a major oversimplification to look at what's happening and say, oh, these guys don't care because there are a lot of things people play for. You remember Nolan Arenado earlier this year asking, you know, he was asked, what what is he playing for if it's not a playoff season for the Cardinals? He said, look, there's a lot of things to, to get up in the morning to play for. There's a lot of things to to do in this game and to make a lot of money in this game. And you can play for your pride. You play for your teammates. You can, he's like, there's no shortage of motivation 
in terms of things to play for, even in a season that's not a winning year. It's frustrating, I'm sure, but again, when it comes to the effort thing, that's like a a dangerous buzzword that I feel like fans do kind of throw it around more flippantly than they would if they were looking these guys in the face and saying, hey, you get, you're not trying out there at your job today. Like, I feel like that conversation would go a little bit differently in person, right? So it can be easy because the anger is so built up, and I think fans largely feel like they're justified in saying whatever they want at this point because, like, look, I supported this team through thick and thin, and this team has basically bailed on me in 2023. What was I supposed to do for the rest of the summer? I got to keep watching them, but it's largely, you know, just the reality that they're not any good this year. But if I'm going to continue to devote a few hours of my night to paying attention to these guys, you know, the least they could do is make it look like they're showing some effort and maybe they'll win me a few games and give me a few moments. But if they don't, I'm sure going to be sitting there making sure that they know that I think that they're not giving any effort and they're not trying. Again, I feel like I can see both sides of it because from the team side, I can look at it and go, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing to say because we don't actually see what goes on. But from the fan side, I can look at it and say, look, they're invested in what y'all do out there. So the fans are going to feel relatively vindicated and being able to just say, hey, I'm seeing the results I'm seeing. Y'all are mailing it in. And people are kind of pissed off about it, which I understand being pissed off about the results. But are they really mailing it in? Well, here was a question that was asked, and I regretfully do not know the name of the individual that asked the question. I don't recognize the voice. Might Maybe he was subbing in for John Denton for MLB.com. Not 100% sure who it was. But here was a question asked to Ali Marmel, and you can hear his answer kind of along the lines of what we're talking about from Sunday. I'm talking to this one, obviously, being swept. Not easy, but just touch it to the team. I guess it's kind of regroup from this one. So like this one just we understand where we're at. If you followed us, we, we have a pretty good understanding after the trade deadline what this was going to look like. You're competing like crazy, but um, you're giving some young guys an opportunity to go out there and show what they're capable of doing. There's going to be ups and downs, and this is part of it. Audio there, courtesy of Bally Sports Midwest. As you hear, Ollie Marble basically, when he was asked about how his team is going to rebound from getting swept this weekend, he says, you know, after the trade deadline, we kind of know where we are. We knew where we are. He says, if you followed us, that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I, I think that's an out-of-town guy. He's not necessarily been around the team all year but he says we we know where we are but he said competing like crazy and that's just kind of the line that I know rubs Cardinals fans the wrong way I have seen it on Twitter today after that was uttered by Ollie in the post game I've seen people who have kind of latched onto that and said okay how can you say that they're competing when these are the results and I think part of what puts this in an awkward position is the notion that Ollie has been consistently talking about how he's managing to win every game the rest of the way, even though it's obvious that they're not going to make the playoffs, even though they've traded away starting pitchers and, and they're depleted in their bullpen, his goal tactically every day is to manage to win because he believes that that's the best thing for the young players that are going to get the opportunity because they need to be able to taste what it's like to strive for the win and to attain it at the major league level. But then he also talks about there, like, we know the deal, we know where we're at, and this is about giving young guys the opportunity to play. So I, f- I feel like some Cardinals fans are going to look at that and go, well, how is it going to be both at the same time? But there's also this element of, like, he's got to say something in the postgame. You say the same thing every day, it gets a little bit repetitive, and so eventually you're probably going to be able to say something that if put in that seat on a day-to-day basis comes out and does it maybe contradict things you've said before or does it just kind of 
for those who have the the literacy to know, like he's doing these interviews every day. Sometimes a phrase might come out that is not necessarily completely in line with the notion, like we're grinding every day to win every game. Like th- there's some middle ground in some of this. And I don't think Ollie's necessarily doing anything wrong, but I can understand how fans would look at it and go, well, are you grinding to win every game or are you giving young players the opportunity to get some experience? Which is it? Well, I mean, it still is going to be both. I think part of that is you want the young players that are going to be playing right now and getting this opportunity to taste what it's like to win. So I don't think that Ollie has done anything to contradict himself or anything like that, but I just know that when I looked on Twitter earlier today, people were talking about, Ollie's saying competing like crazy, and there's some pushback on that from Cardinals fans. To me, here's the reality, and, and Ollie can't say this part. I mean, I guess he could, but it doesn't look very good on TV if you do. Say, look, our offense, especially without guys like Donovan Newpar, it's not really very good right now. And we're going through a rut, and guys on the human nature side of it are feeling the effects of knowing that they're going to come to work and probably lose that day. And that's just the reality of where the St. Louis Cardinals are in 2023. It's human nature. It sucks, but it'll be over soon. Like that, that seems like it would be the most realistic and, and truthful explanation. But no manager worth his salt is going to say that. And Ollie Marmel is worth his salt, so he's not saying that. But it does sort of feel like, wake me up when September ends for the Cardinals. And that is something that this organization is just not used to seeing for a full month of the season down the stretch, but that's what you're going to get. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They've scored 25 runs in their last 11 games, even on a day like today where they get some pretty good starting pitching from Drew Rahm, which was great to see in his second turn through the rotation. Uh, the first one gave up the eight runs, didn't go as well. Great to see Drew Rahm maybe, again, I'm not saying, oh, you plug him in as the number five in the rotation next year, but you're at least kind of getting an idea of what these guys are capable of doing at the big league level and seeing what it looks like. So he showed very well on Sunday. The Cardinals did not show very well in Philadelphia. They have not shown very well going back week and a half at this point. 25 runs in 11 games. You lose a bunch of games, that's fine. But I think at some point it would be valuable to see what the offense can do. To see the offense looking like the group that doesn't need a major overhaul in the offseason because they're talking about the overhaul that they're going to give to the starting rotation and to the bullpen and all of those things are good and valid and need to take place. But I don't know necessarily that you should just discount where the offense is and say, hey, everybody healthy, bring them back next year and, and run it back, and it's fine. Not 100% sure that that's going to just be good enough. I'm going to roll through the OPSs from the starting lineup on Sunday just to kind of give you an idea. I know it's been a few days since we've really dug into the offense for the Cardinals. Tommy Edmonds at 709. That's, you know, he's batting leadoff. On occasion, we still see him do it a lot of against lefties right now. He's doing it today against Aranola just because that's kind of where the Cardinals are. Uh, without Donovan, without Newbar, they don't really have a ton of eligible leadoff candidates. And so against Aranola today, that's where Tommy Eben was. If you're going to be a robust top five offense next year, Tommy Eben should not be batting leadoff against righties. But I don't anticipate that he will be necessarily uh, in the long run. Alec Burleson in the two-hole, that's been something we've seen a lot from the Cardinals this season facing righties. He's really not looked too great recently. 695 OPS. What is Burleson ultimately for the Cardinals is a decision that I don't know if they have to make it just yet because he's still a young player. This is just his rookie season, but something to think about in terms of the glut that they have in that outfield. Who are they going to stand behind 
through this offseason going into 2024, and who are they going to maybe make different decisions about? Goldsmith's got an 819 OPS, Arenado's at 826. Uh, a little bit down from what both of those guys have done in past years, but kind of where it is this year. Contreras at 771 is fine, but you'd like to see a little more robust in his case. Nolan Gorman, 803. Again, just uh, all four of those guys, three through six. Gorman, or pardon me, Goldsmith, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman. You'd like to just see a little bit more out of, but none of them having bad years per se. Jordan Walker, down at 733. He's a rookie. You're hopefully going to see more strides from him in year two because as a very, very poor right field defender, uh, unless he is a plus offensive player, you're not going to get value out of Jordan Walker. But I'm not worried about that because, again, think about Nolan Gorman last year with a 721 OPS. He's up to 803 this year and has really not been uh, super great recently. So even with some slumps throughout the season, he's still in a spot where he's improved largely year over year. So I expect that Walker can do something similar for next year. How about Richie Palacios with a 855 OPS? I don't know necessarily what his role is going to be long-term on this team, if any. But I could see a world in which the Cardinals decide to make some moves this offseason with their outfield. I'm talking about how do they handle Dylan Carlson long-term? Do they jettison him? Tyler O'Neill Again, he was scratched from Sunday's lineup with a knee issue. Don't know exactly the uh, the insight behind that, but that's been the case for him. It's been the knee. It happened down in Tropicana Field in uh, Tampa Bay a couple few times when he was scratched from the lineup down there. It's just kind of been the story of his season and arguably his career outside of 2021. So do the Cardinals jettison him and say, look, we just have to come up with an outfield that we can trust. Maybe they trade Alec Burleson for pitching help. I'm not 100% sure the Cardinals are inclined to do that, but maybe just to kind of have a refresh of that outfield. People pushed back on it when I asked on Twitter. I think this was on Twitter a a week, week or so ago, asked about what an overhaul for the outfield could look like. And maybe in that, Richie Palacios could end up as a nice, solid fourth outfield option, a guy that can bring you some defense, can bring you some on base, can play the different outfield positions well, but doesn't necessarily have to ever be in your starting lineup. He can be a bench guy who can do some things for you off the bench as a fourth, maybe a fifth outfielder on your roster. But they'd have to move out other guys ahead of him, like Carlson, like O'Neill, maybe even Burleson, to make that make sense. And then kind of the fixtures in that outfield would be Lars Newbar and Jordan Walker. Walker still needing to develop defensively to justify his position out there. His position in the lineup is the one that will be justified by his bat. But Lars Nupar is the one guy that you don't have to worry about. And people said, oh, that's not an overhaul if you still have two of your same three outfielders in Nupar and Walker. And I'm saying, no, it is, because the entire thing with this Cardinals team in when it when it's regarding the outfield has been they've got five, six, seven guys on a given, a given season, and you never know which of them are going to play. I think you got to clear some of them out. I don't know if this is getting just a little bit of those uh, dog days of August blues right now, the way I'm thinking about this, because everybody's either hurt or getting scratched or not performing. And as people know that I'm a very big fan of Dylan Carlson, but if the Cardinals aren't going to commit to what it looks like to back him and maybe his you know perennial tendency to get injured is another factor in, in the Cardinals maybe having to consider going a different direction, I, I don't 100% know what that's going to look like. But a total overhaul to the outfield maybe is something that could could aid in kind of allowing the lineup to, to drop in the way you want it to. The, the decisions about the Cardinals offensively next year are largely revolving around the outfield, whether they make big moves or small ones or no moves. The way they proceed at those positions is going to be critical. 
Tommy Edmond could be a part of that mix as an outfielder. I'm just going to be the one to say it. He plays a really nice center field. He's got to do more offensively if he's going to be the everyday center fielder. You can't have an everyday center fielder with a 709 OPS. It does not work. I love Tommy Edmond. I think he's a really valuable player. Not as the everyday center fielder. His offense, to me, is not quite enough to get that done. He's league average offensively. You need to be above average in your outfield, all three positions offensively. I think that's just the way it needs to be for this Cardinals team. I'll be curious to see if they align their roster in a way that makes that fit or if they sort of, uh, you know, feel like it's it's fine to have Edmund there in center as long as they're robust offensively in left and right. But, I mean, can you guarantee a, a robust Tyler O'Neill in left field, a healthy one? I, I don't know. And I don't know necessarily that you've got the room to pencil in Tommy Edmund as your everyday center fielder if it's Newt Barr in left and Jordan Walker in right. Is that enough offensively? for a team that's anchored on the infield by aging Paul Goldschmidt, Arnado, who hopefully doesn't age out of his elite production, but is going to be gearing toward his mid-30s as time moves along. Mason Wynn, you don't 100% know what he's going to look like, is not performed well offensively yet, but this is just a cup of coffee. It's nothing to panic about at this point in time. If he can hold down the shortstop position defensively, you feel really good about that. But is he the kind of guy that ultimately doesn't develop into a top-of-the-order or a middle-of-the-order bat? He's a bottom-third guy not only for this year for service time reasons to make sure he's rookie eligible in 2024, but just because that's where he fits offensively. If that's the case, you can live with that. He can bat ninth and play a mean shortstop and steal you a few bases and run into some home runs now and again and really help your pitchers on that side of things. But if that's the case, I don't think you can afford a 709 OPS in center. I think Edmund would have to be more of a utility guy that plays often and is valuable to the depth of this team but doesn't necessarily just get stationed in center field. You know, Nolan Gorman having him potentially at second base hitting 30, 35 home runs is a way to sort of mitigate a lesser productive outfielder offensively, but I I just don't know if that's necessarily enough to improve leaps and bounds on where the Cardinals are this year offensively, which is middle of the pack. So kind of going through everything there, and and Modder was the third baseman today, but I'm not going to even tell you his OPS for obvious reasons. But... That's just kind of, the Cardinals are an average offensive team. And right now they're missing some guys that are hurt, and I get that part of it. But I ultimately wonder how much actually needs to happen for this offense to be better in 2024. How many moves need to to be made to have that take place? How much do they rely upon guys not getting hurt that have a tendency to get hurt? And do they need to sort of back some different horses in order to make that happen? I think these are all questions that Mosellock and company have got to ask themselves this offseason, but I'm asking you, Cardinals fans, how do you feel about it? No, I don't think the Cardinals are mailing it in. I, I I put that as the thumbnail on this video right here on YouTube. No, I don't think they're mailing it in, but I do think if it's one of two things, it's either effort or it's execution, it's absolutely fine to rip the execution of the Cardinals, and it's not. you don't have to just chalk it up to, oh, well, we knew where we were. We knew where we'd be. We knew this would be a struggle. The offense should have expectations to be performing better than it is, and it's okay if you're a Cardinals fan to say, Yep, that's disappointing, and I want to rant about it a little bit. Even though I know like what, what people are going to try and tell you is, no, you knew the season would be bad and they'd lose a lot of games. What did you expect? And those are all true things. But they should be losing these games like 8-5, to 7-6, to 9-7. They shouldn't be losing 3 to nothing. You have a pitching staff with Drew Rahm, who's like your ninth starter at this point, gives you the kind of performance that he did to keep you in the game you got to find a way to scratch some runs across to keep it competitive. And the Cardinals just haven't been able to do that. So 
be mad about the losing. It's inevitable. The losing was inevitable. But I think you can be mad about the way that they're losing because the offense should be showing you something more than it is. And if it's not going to, that's fine. We don't have to blame it on the effort. We can be fair to these players. But you can call it what it is. You can call a spade a spade when it comes to the execution. And it's been very, very disappointing and very poor. How much change needs to happen if this is the way this offense is going to execute? Or is it just a matter of, hey, we really know where we are and it's a result of bad pitching, but also the the guys that are injured are two of the best players, the best hitters on this team. And I'd be okay with that explanation as well because I think Donovan and Newt Barr should be batting one and two against right-handed pitching on this team. When healthy, when all is well. That would be my lineup. I said it from the beginning of the year. They have not really done it very often, and now both guys are hurt anyway, Donovan being out for the year. But that's kind of the way I'm looking at this thing. It's okay to just say, yep, this is where the Cardinals were, and we knew it would be rough. But I also think Cardinals fans, if they want to kind of bitch and moan a little bit about the fact this offense has been completely dormant, I think that's fair to do. I reckon don't necessarily blame the effort because I think that's kind of a cheap way out. But you can blame the execution. They say, look, we're giving effort. Okay, then I'm going to talk about your execution, and it's been dismal. Let me know where you guys stand on that in the YouTube comment section below. That is going to do it, though, for this edition of the show. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shave Daily. Peace.